Hello, everybody, and welcome to a next to the next episode of Utah Street South. As always, I am Jared Pinder, joined by Eric Garfield. Eric, how are you on this fun late early May Sunday? I'm doing great. Uh, we're getting into the baseball season. We're like transitioning from first to second gear. So, as an Orioles fan, good things are happening in the majors, and really great things are happening uh, all across the minors. So. I'm glad you and I can reconvene to communicate and discuss all of those things. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really great, man. The um, guess I should just start up start this off. You know, I've been really enjoying enjoying um this minor league season. It's been another great minor league season. A lot of players are really impressing. A lot of players are improving. A lot of players have really caught my eye. A lot of players have have impressed me. Um, but I've also been doing my my due diligence and keeping up with the major league team but that's not really hard considering the fact that they have the the, the third best record in the Amer in the um MLB right now sitting at a very comfortable around 10 games above 500 it has been an excellent start to the regular Orioles season as well but trying to keep up with everything and i am just really all i'm just loving every second of it it's amazing the fact eric that we have a really good major league team, and we have this amazing minor league system that we have. It is truly a so. I think it's been it's been it's going to be an, an interesting discussion today. We're gonna have a lot of we're gonna be discussing some players who have stood out to us at, at, at every level of the minor of, of the minor leagues. We're gonna have some international talk as as well as as the international players make their way to America through. Um, through Sarasota, Florida, we will get be getting into a lot of a lot of that today. But today, I think today's episode needed to start off with with, with a little bit of a heater, heater. And oh. so the Orioles right now, like I mentioned, are twenty two. They're they're they're, they're twenty two wins. They have the third best record in in the majors. They are a very 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 good team. They have they are not perfect. They have some flaws, mainly on a lot of people pointing to the pitching side. I think the pitching side will eventually sort itself out through either trade or just regular play, players coming back back down down to their means. But I think the more important thing on the major league side and trying to connect the major league and the minor league side is that um, the, the production from the outfield for the, for the regular league Baltimore Orioles has not been particularly all that great. Cedric Mullins and Anton Dare have been certainly hot as of late, but there's one player right now who hasn't really been playing all that much. He's been kind of – They've been trying to avoid an IL step with with uh, with him, which is a very very common thing with this player. Always, I, always, always. I have been very frustrated with the performance of the Orioles' left fielder Austin Hayes. I have not been. I have never. I've never really been the biggest of Austin Hayes fans. I think that he came up in 2019 at the very end of the season. We really needed some life. He made a lot of good plays made that really fun robbery of at the end of 2019 hit some home runs looked like a really looked like a potential five tool player has just always been hurt has never been able to tap into that five tool potential and it looked like for a while eric he was going to be able to do that for in 2022 but then unfortunately he had another injury that zapped him of all production and now he's having another kind of mess season. He's still hitting for an okay average, but his long brace percentage is very low. His advanced metrics don't show anything all really all that special. His his exit velocity and his power numbers are down from where they were at the time last year. And he is a very bad fielder in left field. And the only thing keeping him in this lineup right now to me, Eric, is the fact that he does have a very strong throwing arm. And the fact that when you have Mullins who doesn't have the biggest of arms, you need somebody out there who can kind of control the runners because basically you can't just run hog runners are gonna be running hog wild on you if you don't have somebody out there in the outfield who can control the who can control the runners. But as you start to build towards contending, you need players who are either going to improve and be better than they are or people you can depend on being there every single day. Austin yes. Hayes over the last several seasons has proven he's in neither of those categories. He's not getting any better at baseball. This is who he is. And he's certainly not somebody that you can pencil in the lineup every single day. 
I have said it several times during the first five weeks of the season when he was so hot. Man, I really hope that our front office, who loves to capitalize on value, can deal him while his market exists before he gets hurt, and it doesn't. Well, it looks like we've passed that point, and now he's starting to affect the Orioles and their chances of success. One thing that you didn't mention, it's not that you're neglectful, but when you were citing the Orioles' record, they've been competitive in every single baseball game this year, except for maybe, maybe one. That is a major difference. So if they want to do that every single day, they need a group they can depend on to be healthy and contribute. Now, Jared, today is Sunday. We lost to the Braves in a close game. It really was an excellent extra, uh, extra innings game. One of the reasons that we lost is because Austin Hayes on second tried to take off for third. He was not going to make it on Ronald Acuna. He was out by a foot and a half like anybody would have been, like the fastest person in the sport would have been. So these are the types of ways that Austin Hayes doesn't save runs, doesn't put runs on the board. These are ways that he actively hurts your baseball team. And now the major difference between years past of this and now is we have better players behind him. So if you're listening, if you're an Orioles front office person, I just want to remind you that two of the hottest players in, in the minor leagues, you know, I guess we'll talk about them a little bit more, are Colton Kowser and, and Heston Kerstad. Jared, do you like one of or maybe both of Kerstad and Kowser better than Austin Hayes? I think I know the answer. Yeah, I obviously <laughs> I think I think Heston Kerstad is is obviously terrific. Really good to see him kind of really find his groove down down in Bowie. But this this conversation is not about Heston Kerstad today. It is about the the first guy you mentioned, and that's Colton Kowser. Eric, I need Colton Kowser to come up to this team and be in and take Austin Hayes' spot. Like I need oxygen. I just I need it. Like this is something that I've been so annoyed with is that like, I, I can't stand watching Austin Hayes try and play left field in Camden Yards. It's hard. I get it. The wall is big. You know what can help that Eric? How about putting a real center fielder out there? Somebody who can actually command like respect in center field, put him out there in left field. Let I'm him with- roam. It's like, let him roam. You will save so many runs. Yep. If, you, if you let him roam up there. And not only that, he's been one of the more hotter players in this league. He did get off to a bit of a slow start for um, for AAA. He's a, little, a bit of a slow start. He got off to a slow start in Aberdeen last year as well. But, man, is he hot. Unbelievably, unbelievably hot right now. He's hitting home runs all over the place. He's going the opposite way. He's he's pulling baseballs. Hit two of the longest home runs I've ever seen it at – at Harbor Park a couple weeks ago, they, they those home runs were were were, were just went where baseballs aren't supposed to go in, in in Harbor Park. It's a very big park down there in um in uh, in AAA Norfolk, Eric, and he made that park look small. And and not to like to go ahead and like for the purpose of what we're of course yes he's obviously strong. He started slow, but he's been red hot since he started slow. But really, for the purposes of what you and I, are, we, we are griping about, we're complaining about, Colton Kowser's defensive instincts, his routes in that large and windy center field, and his backtracking and his playing the wall are have been near perfect. Just go check my Twitter and search Kowser. You'll see all the times when he makes a nice play, something that's a little bit above the level of routine in center field. So I think what we're talking about, minors transitioning to the majors, I think it's very logical. Of course, we're biased and it's all opinion-based, but I think it's very logical to assume that he can play outfield defense in Cannon Yards. And he's so good at the sport that I'd like to see him try, like ASAP. Yeah, it's it, it, it. We're at this point right now, Eric, where I think the offense for 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 the major league team needs a boost. Like yep. I know that, that's that's going to fall. That's going to fall in deaf ears. Like, what are you talking about? They they they're they're top five and run scored. Yes, I agree that they're top five and run scored. But I see a little bit of, of an inconsistency 
a consistency stretch with them. There are nights where they can put up a lot of runs, but I've seen a lot of goose eggs this year. Maybe that's just the ebbs and flows of baseball, but I think they need a little bit more consistency out of their players. Like, I think they really need somebody who can give you consistent at-bats. And I think they need a bit of a youth movement for this offense. It's time to juice up this offense. This offense needs a little bit of juice right now. And what's lucky for the Orioles is that they don't have to wait around to make a move to the deadline. They don't have to wait for that. Like, you don't have to wait. It's right there in front of you. All you have to do is make a simple move. It's not hard. I'll call then, I'll call up I'll call them up right now if I have to. And they also don't have to wait for a thought to be contender to fall out of the race so that that team will decide to trade their star. We have Jordan Westberg at Triple A. We have Heston Kerstad at Double A. We have Kobe Mayo at Double A. Like there's offensive juice in the high minors. It's just a matter of how and when do you want to begin the transition to it getting up? How about Joey Ortiz? Have we, have we, we, we haven't said his name once in this podcast. Like, there, there's guys. So we're not going to have to take, like, a bad team and trade for their four, five, or six hitter and give up prospects. We'll just use the prospects ourselves at the major league level. And speaking of prospects, let's, let's go through the, the levels right now because there's a lot of guys that have been pretty – Pretty hot. So let's talk about some of the guys. I'll, I'll leave it up to you if you want to start high and go low or start low and go high, and you can choose the, the first player. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to take the take the latter option. I'm going to go start low and go high, and I'm going to talk about somebody. I mentioned before about how – so we're, we're going to start on the, the lowest we can go when that's low at low at Del Marvo. Okay. So let's do it. we talked about – earlier on about how um I, I can see Eric smiling. I know he knows where I'm going with this. Um we talk about how certain prospects and certain players can always surprise you. It's like surprise. It's like you, you didn't expect that to happen. One of the things I did not expect to happen was Creed Wilms becoming one of the best hitters in this in the whole entire MOB. And, and I know or, or, in the Myers and I know Eric this has been one of your guys you've watched for a pretty long time. You've seen him come up when he first got drafted in 2021. We know that, that the power and potential was always there. He just really scuffled so much last year that, like, it, it was starting to worry me a little bit. It's like, is this kid okay? Is he, is he ever going to reach his potential? But it it took him a little bit. But Eric Creed Williams is here right now, and he is absolutely killing it for, for Del Marva. So he is my pick for a hitter that really impressed me down, down um, early on. What's your favorite thing about him? Because he's shown a lot of good so far. Um, his power. His power and his throwing. He's <laughs> very impressed. I was very impressed with his throwing. Or he, he has absolute cannon behind the plate. He, runners are just having no success against him. They're testing him every single night, and every single night he, he wins. Like, they have no success against against them. And not only that, but his, his, his power is just really on another level. He's got... He's he's really 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 strong and powerful. He looks a lot more. He looks really athletic this year. He looks really fit. He looks he looks unbelievable. He's looking like the player that that we that we gave a very high bonus slot to back in back in 2021. Had a very strong commitment to, to the universe to um to TCU. Probably was going to TCU. If if I'm being honest, he's probably going to TCU. And the Orioles threw a bunch of money at him and said, nah, I'm gonna go with the Orioles instead. I remember as we transitioned away from like camps slash spring training into game action, one of the last BP sessions I filmed of Creed, I watched it in slow motion and I was just so amazed at how smooth and left-handed fundamentally sound his swing looked. He did not look like somebody who was going all out for power, but every ball he hit in the sequence I filmed went over the fence. He had an aesthetically pleasing, well-timed upper and lower body meld into a perfect cut. So... I'm not really surprised that his average is very high. His OPS is high. 
Today he went, I think he went 0 for whatever it is. He's still batting over 300. His OPS is still in quadruple digits. So he's he's really, really exploded on the scene. He has been the Orioles' best hitter for the first five weeks or five series, whatever it is. But he's also been like, in all the minors, like one of the top 10 offensive performers so far. So awesome job for Freed. You did not take the the person that, that I chose for for mine. Mine is a different player, also an offensive player for, for Delmarva. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've watched this guy in the FCL, and I've never really doubted what what it's going to be when he, when he puts everything together. But this was always a guy who's speed, a little bit of speed and a little bit of power as an outfielder, more skilled at using those things offensively than defensively. Not a bad outfielder at all, but a really a higher-level offensive player. And that is Steven Acevedo, who over the last month has, without question, had his hottest streak as a professional. And he's only been a professional since, since 2019, but he is just absolutely crushing it. He, his walk rate went down incrementally from last year to this year, but his strikeout rate only went up one percentage point. So he's swinging aggressively, and he's not swinging and missing. He is getting results. He's ISO power so far this year, 163. Weighted runs created plus 123. He's got three home runs, and he's got six steals. Acevedo is doing awesome. The, the nucleus of Basayo, Creed, and Acevedo is almost like an offensive circle of success. The more they do individually, the more they spur on good performances together. So hopefully that'll extend to the whole lineup. But they've got that three, four, five portion down. Yeah, Acevedo, I, I just I can't believe how well I, I always thought he'd be doing. He, he'd be good when he could put it all together. His slugging so far is 40, 450. I mean, this guy is doing it in Del Marva. Yeah, and 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 a very um overused scouting term is. This is what they look like. Steven Acevedo is what they look like. They said six foot four, 185 pounds, has a really strong, really, really, really strong swing. He's built like a he's built like a like, like your typical corner outfielder, but yep, is actually is actually a lot is actually a lot faster than you and you than you think he is. He has six stolen bases, like you mentioned. He has um, three home runs with five doubles, bringing his extra base hit total to eight. Look at that, awesome. I can count. He has 10 walks with with 25 strikeouts. He's has a very good triple slash of 281, 350 with 438. Solid OPS. Um again, another one of these guys that is is really impressing early that you didn't really have that we didn't really have on our on our radar. Like we didn't really say it like, well, this is gonna be like the, the Steven Acevedo year. Like in like, his career, by the way, he's 31 of 37 steals. So he hmm. can run. Yeah, he can really. He seems really athletic for 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 a bigger for a little bit of a bigger guy, a little bit leaner. Um, it's it, it's. I do like the fact that like Delmarva's roster is giving these young international guys a, a chance a chance to shine. Now, a lot of these guys have been kind of hyped up. Like we we heard about Bastalio before this year, and of course he's really he missed a couple of games, but he's another one that I think we have to mention here is that like he's been really good. He's been incredible. He continues to hit, continues to really impress. But Delmore's roster is just full of such young youth that it's gonna be event it's just gonna be eventually where like they're just all going they're just breaking out and that and that three four five is really deadly. I agree. So Delmarva's got a really fun offense, yeah. but Aberdeen has gotten a very big lift for their offense. And my next player that is impressed me the most. Eric, I got the easy layup. I got a free shot to, to the rim. I'm going to dunk it hard and, and and lay it down because Jackson Holiday is my is, is is the player that I'm picking for Aberdeen for the Aberdeen Ironbirds. I have That's run out of things to say about Jackson 
Jackson Holiday. I am going to see him this week. They are Good. finally back in, in Aberdeen. They've been on a very long road trip. Jackson Holiday will be will be playing. They are home. I cannot wait. This I am very excited for that. One of my first time I actually saw him live in um in uh, spring training the first couple of weeks where he looked unbelievable, but but this is the really first time I'm going to get, get to see him in, in a nine inning game action. I'm very excited about that. But there just is not a lot of things to talk about because he's so good. It's 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 kind of a uh, I would just be repeating myself just how good how amazing he is. Like he pits for a very high average. He gets on base at, at a credible rate. He hits for for a decent amount of power. He plays a great shortstop. There is literally there's almost nothing wrong with with this player, and I don't say that lightly. And it's just gotten to a point with with Jackson Holiday where it's the point where when are we going to start talking about him potentially getting up to deal, to, to to double A Bowie? Because once he starts hitting double A Bowie. Now you're going to start getting into in, into the to the conversations of is he going to be a 20 year old potentially making his major league debut with the Orioles? And remember when we said like a few minutes ago how hard it is for to tra- to get pro- infield prospects in right now. I mean, Jared, it's actually hard for the Orioles to get Gunnar Henderson. He does not have a position like you know we got to kind of mix and match just to get Gunnar in. But if Jackson is that good, and it looks like there's a fair chance that's true, then yeah, he's going to be in that conversation or debate or whatever you want to call it in a matter of a matter of months. And the, the one thing that I can like piggyback from what you said that I've noticed with Jackson is Aberdeen, they're, they're so far to this point in the season, they're not an exciting team. They're not an exciting offense despite some of the skilled players that they have, they really just haven't gotten it rolling. His impact, and and, and the, one of the players that I'm going to discuss in a, in a moment, has been like instant. He's helped them be better and be more exciting and be a better watch in, in his first day there. But there's another player. This actually is not the guy that I wanted to discuss, so I'm sorry, Jared. I'm going to – I'll be fast about this, but I want to I wanna discuss too. Another offensive player that's helped and kind of like batted behind Jackson and transitioned from Delmarva single A to Aberdeen high A with him is former Terp Maxwell Costas. And it looks like, you know, some people say he's 21 or he's old for the level or he's old to be drafted, whatever. He's got to perform. He's, he's got to do well. Cut his, it's very small sample size. Cut his strikeout rate in half brought his walk rate up by a few percentage points and tripled his home run total from single to high so the move i i imagine his metrics were outstanding in testing and with the sense the blast sensors but moving him to high a not only it wasn't necessary but it very obviously was justified his wrc plus at uh aberdeen two Five nine, he's doing fine. But the player that I really want to discuss is someone that I've kind of been waiting on, not necessarily to break out, but just to find a little bit of consistency and to see what they can turn that into. And that's a pitcher that nobody ever talks about. Uh, his name is Alex Pham. The Orioles drafted him in the 19th round, the 557th pick in the Cowser draft from San Francisco. As somebody who's been in Sarasota, he's spent time here recovering or fixing things or refining things. So I've met him and talked to him a couple times. He really has a great outlook, and he really has great stuff. So I've been waiting for him to put it together. In his last three games, 13 innings, he has 15 base runners, but he has 17 strikeouts. It's the best that he's done against batters in his career so far. So it's, and he, had, and he got a win because one of them was a start on uh, May 6th, so a couple days ago. So fam starting to put it together a little bit, get used the right way and contribute and, and turn his team, help his team's fortunes improve a little bit. So I've been waiting a while for, for fam and that strikeout rate to start like affecting games. And it looks like my wait is over. So 
Like for the next little while, I'm optimistic on on, on what fam's gonna be. Yeah, um, really two two really interesting players who have impressed Maxwell Costas, obviously as as Eric mentioned, former um Terp, former he's actually from the, the area of Baltimore, went to a local high school in Baltimore called Gilman. Um uh Costas has just kind of he 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 got hurt early come towards his career in Maryland, which kind of affected how early he could have come he could have come out in the draft. He got hurt throughout his time and um in with, with the Turps, but obviously played they had an unbelievable Turps had an unbelievable team last year. There was so much fun to watch every single night. He was part of that and then he and then he gets signed as a free agent from um, by us and He's really just really impressed. He still has all the same kind of things he had when I watched him when I when I was in high school. Him and hit me and him were in were in high school around around the same time. We overlapped, and I remember him crushing my my high school. <laughs> you did not go. You did not go to Gilman. Um, yes, he did. No, you did not go to Gilman. No, no, I'm, I I went to Coward Hall. So right. yeah. So I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. So I remember him k- killing our. I'm like, get this guy out of here! Like, <laughs> completely annihilating our our pay. We, we we were we were we were we were trying trying to do trying to make something special out of that team. But um, uh, it's 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 interesting because he he's not really he's built he's not really built like your prototypical first baseman. He's a little bit shorter. He's around six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds. It's not really he's not really built like a first baseman. But man, he's got power. He has hit. Yeah. He, he had a grand slam the other day. He's hit a lot of home runs. He absolutely annihilated the Brooklyn, uh, uh, the Brooklyn Mets or the Cyclones, um, pitching. Absolutely annihilated them. He had a wonderful s- series against them. He's been really. He's been really hot for the for the for the Ironbirds, and it's really cool to see a a pitcher like like Alex Pham who's had to work his way up and not really no one's really talking about him. You won't find him on a lot of top thirty lists. In fact I don't even think he's he's on any top thirty list. But he's not another right. guy that's been that's had to grind his way up. And it's fun to see those type of dudes who don't get the recognition that they that they deserve because the system is so loaded that you can only have thirty spots on a top thirty list. Meanwhile he's he's really talented. And the fact that he is doing doing really well, and for people like us, like we can't talk about every single pitcher that's had their last three appearances go the right way. Like there's players like Randy Barragate on Delmarva. Like there's you know, I, I'm my point in bringing up Fam is don't be surprised if he continues this good streak and fools batters for another little while and and turns what he's started now into a good season that 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 would not surprise me that's that that that's my point i'm curious for as we go up to double a if your person is going to be an offensive player or a pitcher i really have no clue well let's 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 go to double a then so (laughs) um my double a guy He's been another. It's it's another pretty easy. It's I, I was going. I've sort of gone back and forth on this. Double is another team that's that they're not really playing playing really all that well just yet. Like they're they're nope. kind of they're they're kind of a little bit inconsistent. But I think the 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 piece that's the cog that's keep them rolling has been another easy layup is Heston Kerstad. It's just <laughs> it's too easy, Eric. I'm sorry, it's too easy. Or it's, he's too good. Yes, it's it's both. It's the fact that he's I'm playing so unbelievably well that it's it, he's too good for me not to talk about. We weren't getting through the show without talking about Heston Kersey. You should know this by now. He's Bye. unbelievably powerful in terms of what he does. The first baseman and outfielder Heston Kersey really adapting to his new role. He's been he did go through a little bit of a of a stretch where he wasn't where where he did struggle a little bit, but now. He's 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 back a little bit. He's still hitting home runs all, all over the place. He's going to left field a lot now. He's going to he's still pulling the ball at a at a ridiculous rate. He still has eight home runs. He has an unbelievable slugging percentage. He has been just a complete and total different player ever since he got to the Arizona Fall League. And we have talked about this for 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 a good for almost 
nearly six months for nearly six months now. And if you listen to this podcast, you know how big of a fans we are of, of Hessen Kerstad. Yep. But just the, the hype continues to rise and he continues to 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 be good everywhere he goes. He had a slugging percentage of 656 this year, an OPS of of a wow. thousand. He's hitting wow. 300. He has an on base percentage of 388. He has he has four four doubles. Get this, Eric. I didn't know he had this. He had two triples. He's got two triples. Let's he's not slow. Ball. He's he's he has eight walks and well with 17 strikeouts. He has um he actually does have three stolen bases as well. He's he's I think it's kind of unfortunate because he got the big like strong power hitting out corner outfielder archetype coming out of the draft and people think he's slow. No, he's not slow. Like he's 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 athletic for for his for his height and for his and for his build. He has an unbelievably he has an unbelievably powerful swing. He's just so much fun to watch night in and night out. And at this point I can't wait till he gets up up the triple A because that's when the conversations about him joining the majors are going to be really really loud. And I don't know if the Oros are going to be able to to ignore it. And all, well, remember, I don't think they want to ignore it. Remember, when you were here during spring training, he was the best offensive player in the entire organization, major or or minors. So we all got a little taste of what it's going to be like when he's like the centerpiece or the star of the show. I'm 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 a healthy balance of patient and impatient. Whenever he comes up, I'm going to be fine. He might like gain a little bit of weight and lose a little bit of the acceleration like a lot of all good power hitter types do as they go from minors to majors. But start letting me know when he can't steal, when he can't get extra base hits, and when he when he starts being bad at these baseball things. Because so far through the minors, when he's healthy, which is, is now, he's done every single thing right, like what a high pedigree pick is supposed to do. He's created hype. And then he's backed it up. Heston is an awesome player. And, and now's a great time to, to remind you, to remind everybody, that he's not the Orioles' best outfield prospect. They have Colton Cowser. So they really have, like, a true – there's some organizations that have none. The Orioles have, like, a 1 and a 1A. Now, speaking of 1 and 1A, the two people – the one person that I'm going to talk about is a pitcher, but I'm really going to talk about two, even though I'm really going to only talk about one. One, one thing that smart organizations do to stay smart or be smart is when they get talent in is to not mess things up, to keep them on a very positive developmental track. Before the Orioles acquired Chase McDermott last year from Houston, he was 6-0 and with 14 and a half strikeouts per nine in his 72 inning. Pardon me, he was 6-1 six and, six and one with a 14.25 Ks per nine in his 72 innings and a strikeout minus walk rate of 31%, which is elite. Now, the Orioles have basically let him do his thing, let him utilize his arsenal, kind of like got him in their health and nutrition program, but they have not messed him up. Like, he is still on track to be a very high strikeout pitcher. This year, he, he, he won today, so he's 2-2. Two and two. His Ks per nine is 12. His walks per nine minus K, or his walk percentage minus his strikeout percentage minus walk percentage is 19, which isn't elite, but is still excellent. His whip is 1.18. Batters are hitting 170 against him. He is every, He's also 24 and a high draft pick that went to college. Like, we are probably going to need to start talking about when does Ch if Chase McDermott is stretched out. When does he get a chance to start making a major league impression? Now, he's, he's one. The other one is I'm not going to, like, go into all the details – same thing. I'll say it every single episode. Kate Povich is almost the same exact thing from a different organization. One that really does right with lower minors pitching. That the the, the twins. 
So the Orioles acquiring McDermott and Povich last year, when we're talking about Bowie and what they kind of haven't been so far this year, Jared, could you imagine if they didn't have McDermott and Povich to be like starting pitcher stability? Yeah, um, obviously that's the reason why they decided to acquire McDermott and um, and Povich. McDermott has always been one of my um, – he was my one of my underrated guys going into the season. I remember an episode we did. He said that if you – if McDermott outproduced – Povich this year, it would be one of the most it would be one of the most positive developments we'd we'd seen. And honestly, he's been I don't know if he's totally out outpacing Povich because Povich has been great, but honestly, it's not that far. Like they 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 really are neck and neck, Eric. Yep, yep. close. Like and they're both so, good. They're both very good. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how neck and neck these 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 two these two guys are, and. It's 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 interesting to me how Mc, McDermott has when when we acquired McDermott, I think the first thing Elias said about him was that look we we know what what the stuff is, but we understand that at the time when he got traded, he had a very high ERA. I think it was like the ERA in like the, the sevens. So it's like it's like you look at that, and it's like well, why are they acquiring him? And then it's just like and then you kind of hear his explanation. It's just like well. You know the Astros um, high A is in is in is in the Texas League. It's a very 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 extreme hitters environment um, down down there in the, in the league that he was that he was pitching, and it's just like the fact that like well we, we know of the talent and we we and we have to take talent with with the results and say that like this guy is pitching a lot better than his numbers are showing right now, and the Astros at the time were making a World Series push and they needed to get that one little extra piece to help them win a potentially compete and eventually do did win a world series. So it's like, well, we, we don't really, we kind of need this one piece. So we're, we're going to give up like this, this, this young pitcher with potential, but he's not really developing the way that we thought he was. So he eventually comes to the Orioles and has a couple of bad, like uh, inconsistent starts early on in double a. And then this year, it's been a completely different story. He's just been so He's been very, he's been in, he's been very good. He's pitched twenty five innings. In those twenty five innings, he has thirty six strikeouts to twelve walks. Opponents, like you mentioned, Eric, are hitting one sixty five against him. He has a one point um, zero seven WHIP, which is pretty good. He has, he actually does have, he actually does have a save on the year. Does have put into a save opportunity? Yeah, multiple save. Been a bit of a hybrid role early on. They, I think he's in their starting rotation right now, so thankfully there's that. So he's been very good, and, I, and I'm so happy the fact that Povich and, and McDermott are are on the buoy right now because if they weren't on buoy, I don't know where this buoy team is. Right, they'd be they'd be they'd be a lot worse. Uh, and now we're going to go to a team that's one of the better overall teams and lineups in the entire minor leagues, like as, as the Orioles system has improved, usually it, it, it hasn't gotten to triple a this year. The Norfolk tides are awesome in every single way. So, uh, I guess we could go in a lot of different directions for our choice for triple a. I'm curious what yours is. And I kind of have a feeling that most people would not guess who mine is, but you're, you're first. It's your turn. Well, as much as, I, as I've talked about Colton Kowser, I, I kind of knew who Colton Kowser was. It's not, it's not the most surprising that like he's so good, but I think what's surprising to me has just been how good of a hitter that, that Joey Ortiz has been. Joey Ortiz has completely changed what I felt about him going into the season. I like Joey Ortiz going into the season, Eric. I really did. I thought he was an amazing right. fielder. but he was underrated offensively. I thought he turned it up in the second half. I just wanted to see if the second half was real. And he's done everything to, to prove that, like, yes, I can be a major league hitter. And 
he's made up to the minors for, for he made it up from the minors made, made a cup of coffee appearance in in the Detroit Tigers series looked very good had his had a couple of really good hits had a couple of clutch hits down uh, clutch hits but the thing that's impressed me the most Eric has been the improved power and he has insane exit velocities and I think that's the most thing that's impressive about me is that like. Well, now every time he plays, he just raises his ceiling. Every time I watch him, every, it's like when I first go in, I'm like, okay, he's a, he's a good, he's an amazing fielder, he's a good offensive prospect. And then I watch him, and it's like, well, he could be this, or he could be that, or he can like the expectation just rises and rises and rises, and eventually it, it gets to a top where I feel like that. I don't know if it's going to be with the Orioles again. I don't know where it's it's going to be, but I hope it's with the Orioles. That I think he can be a potential multi-time All-Star because I think he has the defense to do it. I think if the back can just come along to be near the same level as the defense, I think the offense has done that this year. I think that's a fair assessment and at the same time a very, very big if. That's my opinion. The fact is, Joey Ortiz has improved his exit velocities by a margin that even good players don't improve it at this stage of development. And it has drastically altered his offensive profile, whether people like me like it or not. He now needs to be taken seriously as a contact hitter and a power hitter. So it's great to see Joey Ortiz thrive, but it's another sign of a good system that players drafted not at the very hot, the very top rounds can still reach their relatively high ceilings. Joey Ortiz was drafted in a single-digit round in uh, 2019. The player that I'm going to discuss right now was drafted in a single-digit round the year before in 2018 and has steadily improved. And now I'm going to say that I, I actually think that Drew Rahm will be making more of an impact as a left-handed starter on a successful Orioles team than D.L. Hall would be making as a successful left-handed starter on an Orioles team. Drew Rahm is, I'm not going to use the word dominating because he's just not that kind of pitcher, but he is handling AAA exceptionally well he's always been a decent ground ball pitcher this year his ground ball rate is 56 that is that is astounding his strikeout rate minus walk rate for someone that doesn't strike out a lot of guys but walks nobody is 17 his walk percentage this year is seven seven percent and when you watch him, he's getting every pitch across in every single way to lefties and righties. Right now, Jared, Drew Rahm is at his absolute peak. He is better than I ever thought he could be right now. And I really don't think since that draft, he's drastically improved his velocity. I don't think he throws 95 or 96. He's still 91 and 92. But he is hitting his spots and making it spin over the strike zone all, almost perfectly. So I would love to see him be in that conversation as someone who gets that cup of coffee or when there's a doubleheader or something and they need to ex expand the roster by one player. Let's see Rom up in a major league situation. Let's see what this guy can do. Yeah, um, Rom is actually, as I'm looking at his numbers right now, obviously he's been very good this year. He has 31 innings. He has a ERA of 2.87. Yep. He is only he has given up only – he has only given up – I'm trying to read the numbers. He has – sorry about this. Uh, 30, 10, so he has 32 strikeouts with 10 walks. Yep. Very solid. Um, he has 385 innings in the minors. That is a lot of innings. Yep. That's that's almost three seasons worth of innings in the minors. That's a lot of that's a lot of pitches on that arm. Plus but, exhibition, plus spring training. 
Yeah, that's that's it. I, I, that's actually surprising to me. Just how many innings he has on his arm? Three hundred eighty-five. God, and, and I know it's because he he's been in the in the in the minors a little bit longer than 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 some of the guys that we've been talking about today. He was drafted in twenty eighteen. But another thing is that he's only twenty three years old. Yep. He's not like an older like. He's not like an older, older prospect. He's not a guy that's that that's like that's like well, just living off kind of like just being a four A player. Like I, I hear the the comparison thrown out around the time, and I know it's just because people got burned by this player. He's not Alexander Wells. He's not Zach Lowther. No, no, he's not that. Like, well, well, look, look, his developmental track because of where he is and how old is how old he is. I don't. I, it's weird to use this word. It's been almost almost normal. But those guys didn't get better year after year after year. He still is, and he's at his best right now. So is it reasonable to just look at where he is and who he is and be like, he's about to fall off? I don't think that's reasonable. I would like to go the other way and test him against the best in the sport. And a lot of people, even like prospect people, just don't look at him that way. There's guys that stay in organizations like him that are drafted four or five years ago, that their ERA is four or five. He is cutting his down and improving his metrics and his pitches year by year. Come on, dude. L- listen to everything we're saying. He's not about to, like, fall off a cliff. This is Pete no. Drew Rom. Let's see what he, where he belongs. Yeah, and I called him during during my – um my uh, – Last last winter, my annual update of, of my top thirty, my, my top twenty five list for Utah Street Report. I called him Mr. Consistent because he's just yep. you just know every single day what you're getting. You know every single day what you're getting from him. Is Very he flashy? Funny. Does he have the the elite velocity of a Grayson Rodriguez type? No. Does he have Does he have the upside of being a top of the rotation starter? Probably not. He, he, he there are limitations to him. I'm not gonna. Throw smoke and say that this guy isn't going to be like the ace for 15 years for the Baltimore Orioles. No, but like you said, Eric, he's been doing well. He's really improving. And yes, I would like to see him get 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 a shot this year, whether it's with the Orioles or it's or it's or it's for some other organization. You know, hopefully, it is the Orioles. I would love to see him get a shot just to see like what is what does he have because, like I mentioned, he has a lot of innings on underneath that arm. He has. Yep. He's pitched a lot. He's been in this organization longer than any other player that we've talked about today. He's been he's been seasoning with them for a really long time now. He was in Grayson Rodriguez's draft class, if you can believe that. Like he's right. the same age of as Grayson Rodriguez, and right now he's been seasoning with 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 these trainers and with these staff for over nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, about like four or five years now since a lot. Four and a half years since Elias has gotten here, so I do think that it might be Drew Rom time. And I, I never thought I'd say we might be expecting more out of Drew Rom versus the the, the deal Hall going into the season. I don't think that would as ever a statement I would have come out of that come out of my mouth. But I get it, like because Drew Rom has earned it. Rom has completely earned earned it and I still think people don't understand how good he is because he doesn't throw hard and that's disrespectful to him. Now we've gone through every single level, but there's one we've kind of left out. The beginning one, the first one in Sarasota, I'm lucky enough to live near the Orioles complex and the team uh, keeps the public apprised of when there's games and practices. So I've seen the extended spring training group several times, and I will several more times, including Tuesday as they host the, the Braves. There are a couple players that I'd like to discuss, but I'm wondering if there's, uh, before I get into it, if there's anything specific that you're wondering about the group or about anyone in particular. Yeah, so the first thing I'm really wondering is, Eric, uh, who has caught your eye the most out of, out of all these out of all these players coming in? There's a lot of good ones, and I can tell that some of these guys are really projectable. Uh, it's really it's hard to like look at the whole package yet because there's only been a few games, so I'm really looking at like standout skills. 
it's weird that we prefaced this and said this was going to be a conversation about international players. Really, the best skill that I've seen is pitch, pitch movement from Zach Showalter. He is obviously not an international player. He's a high schooler from uh, the Tampa area, but he looks absolutely outstanding as a projectable right-handed pitcher. For someone that didn't pitch a lot as an amateur, his pitches just look outstanding, A+. But really, the skill that's impressed me the most is the uh, infield arm of uh, middle infield prospect Leandro Arias. He's played second, he's played short, and he's played third. His throws are perfect, exactly what you want them to be, chest high every single time. He's a switch hitter. He seems equally adept at both sides. So Leandro Arias offensively, Zach Showalter on the mound, those are two players that have really stood out to me early. Yeah. Um, so, Eric, I think the next question I have is is, is with this group. This might be a, diff, a little bit difficult because it's it's kind of difficult when you when you don't really have a lot of expectations for this, for this group because because they're all coming in playing for the first time. But like, what has been like the what has been like the biggest like surprise to you? Like, who is a name that you had little no no to, little to no idea about that has just surprised you in such a big way? Okay, that's all. That's an excellent question. There's somebody that looks like they're much more dependable than I ever would have thought. And one of the people that criticized him and determined him to not be projectable was me. That is infield prospect Michael Hernandez, who has been on fire since February. Orioles fans can get back on this train. This guy can play. He's going to be moved up to Delmarva very, very, very soon. He's the hottest player in Sarasota and has been one of the hottest players since February. His infield movements, I will use this word and I'm using it correctly, they are flawless. In the hole, coming in, charging the ball at shortstop, he doesn't take a misstep. He doesn't boot the ball off the side of his glove. He is so well-versed in infield movements and just to see it executed, practice or game, is a true privilege. But now he's doing things at the plate. He's working counts. Even his outs are far, deep to the outfield, hit loud, hit hard. So every part of his game is improving. And Jared, I'm telling you, I was, I was a hair away from just cutting this guy off and wondering why he was even in the organization. So... Michael Hernandez actually being good is something that I never would have thought. And man, is he great question. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So I think when it, when it comes to to the next question, I think there is, there's one question that um, I think a lot of Orioles fans want to know is that obviously we are in a new era of Orioles baseball when it comes to international market, a lot of high names coming in basically every single year, the the record for the most money given out gets broken. It's, it's a guarantee at this point. So while we've seen guys like Michael Hernandez and Sam, Sammy Basalio come from their perspective class, the one big name from the other perspective class after him was uh, Leo, Leo, uh, sorry, uh, Tavares. So, Leo, uh, Leo uh, Tavera, and he has been very, he's been. He's been pretty – he's been kind of showing off a little bit. Apparently, he told me that you call his very first ever home run. Yep. That's that's inc- it's pretty fun. So, overall, Eric, uh, what is your overall kind of sense of him, just seeing him for the first time in game action? Oh, uh, well, the home run was brought to me by the someone from the groundskeeper. I have it in my car right now. It was his first uh, stateside home run. When you mentioned before, like, this is what players look like, he looks like the, the five-tool true center fielder that every other organization has in, in multitude and really the Orioles never have. Like, he is tall. He's fast. He's very – you can tell this from my videos because of where I sit during the game. His first step, timing with, with the ball, making contact, is as good as I've ever seen in anyone, and he is a teenager. So he is a true 
first step warrior as a center fielder. But offensively, he profiles like he profiles like a five-tool guy. He can use his speed to get on base. He can use his speed to take bases. Once he's there, he can hit for power. He can hit for average. Braylon Tavara is one of those guys that early in development, you can understand why he demanded such a large bonus. He is a thrilling and exciting player to watch. You can bat him first. You can bat him fourth. But put him in center field and leave him in the whole game, and he's going to run everything down. Super exciting, Jared. Like, over-the-top exciting. Yeah, he sounds really exciting. I think one of the things that this farm system could really use is somebody that can play a true center field. Somebody yeah. that could like somebody that not, not only could play center field, but somebody who can be like really good offensively while still playing that that, that true center field spot. Because I think while Colton Kowser is amazing, eventually he's going, he's probably gonna gonna I hope he graduates this year, but he's probably gonna graduate this year. And once he graduates, well, this farm system could really use someone like that. And I think that's one of their more underrated needs is that like somebody else who can pick up the, the, the pick up the um the pace a little bit in terms of center field. Of course we have guys like like, like Dante Williams who can play unbelievable center field but is a little bit inconsistent with the bat. But like somebody like well, like Tavares is is insanely exciting because he seemingly has this unbelievable five tool potential yep. of being a guy who can hit for power, hit for a good average, get on base. Uh, obviously he can run. He sounds really, he's the many, that's the one thing the sky reports say about him when he was coming out. When he was when he was about, to, when he was getting signed was that this guy is unbelievably athletic. He's yes. really like, he's just so fast and he's such a good fielder. That's like, it's like, you just got to hope that like the bat it, it, it develops a little bit because this guy could, could one day be a, a major league center fielder. It just, it's it's it just is super exciting to get somebody like this, and we've never really had this. Like it's so weird to me as a fan the fact that we have this. Not the fact that we have an amazing farm system. It's just the fact that like we have guys like Tavares, Basalio, Michael, and eventually going to be coming in with, with with more and more and more and more guys. Eventually going to be coming in. The thing about the international draft is that it never ends. Is that it technically never ends. You can always sign amazing players through the international draft. It's just it's it's it, it is fun to see where these guys go. To, for Tavares' sake, I hope he does amazingly. I hope he takes the the the, the route of Sammy Basalio, where he plays great this year, and then eventually next year he'll be in Del Marva. So, and I hope, man. I I, I want to say before we before we begin to close off the player we're talking about, his name is Braylon Tavera. So a, as we're we're learning some of the names together, we want to get it correct from the beginning. He's number sixty nine, which is a little weird for this this team, but his name is Braylon Tavera. Just 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 go to my Twitter and you'll 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 see the videos when he when he does something. I guarantee you, I have something posted. On uh, on Tuesday when they play the Braves, Jared, this has been uh, an excellent conversation. We have uh, discussed a lot of names, but we've missed one major talking point that's kind of important to you and I. We have had uh, this show for a year. This is our our like our anniversary episode. So anyone that's listening or anyone that's engaged with us, asked a question or anything like that. Uh, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I just want to say, like, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. And thanks for, like, being a fan of the Orioles minor leagues. Yeah. They, um, so it, it, it was technically um, yesterday, May 6th. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it, it was yesterday, the day I officially made the, the Twitter account. I officially asked you a week earlier saying that, hey, you know, like, do you know anybody who's interested in doing this? Little to my surprise, you said you were completely on board, board, board with it. And obviously, I've had I've, we've had a lot of fun here over this last year. So a happy anniversary to us, and a happy anniversary to all our um, listeners who have been who've been listening for a for for a year. It's been a really fun year. We've we've done a lot. We've we've had a lot of fun. We've 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 talked about so much that it doesn't even feel like it's been a year. So. Obviously, a really fun episode today. Getting to talk about the international guys, getting getting have a healthy conversation about this 
this major league team going forward and being able to talk about some some players that have impressed us. Eric, I think with that said, anything else you you want to get off? Anything else you really want to want to say? I'm glad we're doing this together. It has been fun, and if you are paying attention, there might even be some changes going forward. So thanks for listening, and another great episode to you, Jared. Pat yourself on the back, please. Thank you, Eric, as always for joining me, and thank you to the listeners for always for always for um, coming over and listening to what we have to say. Um, yeah, man, just thank you for a year full of a lot of a lot of really fun memories. And, man, we will see you next time. Thank you so much.